this is Coco Columbia. You're listening to Sounds of PDX. This is Travis from the audio sequence. I'm Vince. I'm Boyd. This is Josh from Adverse Effects. This is Annie, Rebecca, and Katie. And we are The, the Cabin, Cabin Project. Project. Hey, this is Logan Lynn. And Gino Mari. You're listening to Sounds of PDX. Sounds of PDX. Sounds of PDX on PRP. Hello, hello. It's Tuesday evening. You're listening to Portland Radio Project on 99.1 FM and PRP.FM. This is KSFL LP Portland. And on Sounds of PDX tonight, for those of you with a keen ear, know that this is a song from Mother Tapes. And they are my guests tonight. I've got Pete Bosick from Mother Tapes in studio. Thanks for being here, man. Yes, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I uh, found your guys' LP. That was released about a year and a half ago. I think it was January, so... And it has not left my playlist. I've been spreading the gospel of mother tapes around <laughs> town. Uh, so I'm really excited. I know you said you guys are working on some things in the studio. You recently played at the liquor store, so I want to talk to you about some of your live gear setup because yeah. it's fascinating to me. Uh, but we are going to play a bunch of your influences. And for those of you who don't know uh, the band, we're going to get an in-depth look at uh, what makes them tick. And always to help me do that is Jen M. by my side this evening. Hey, Jen. Hey, Luke. Great show last Friday. Oh, thank you so yes. much. I got to listen to the first hour, not the second, but uh, Fresh Spins with Jen M on Fridays is fantastic if you're not listening. Uh, well, like I said, tonight we're listening to the influences of Mother Tapes in the first hour. And in the second hour, we've got the entire LP, their latest release, a self-titled LP. Uh, to start things off, we're going to listen to Dear Hoof, and then we will be back with Pete from Mother Tapes. Stick around until 9 p.m. here on Portland Radio Project.
here on Sounds of PDX. That's an influence of Pete from Mother Tapes. He's in studio with Jen M and I. Uh, Pete, why did that make our list? I know there's plenty of good things to say about Deerhoof, but what do they mean to you guys? Um, I've just I've been a fan for a long time. Um, I just love what they do. They're uh, you know they're completely bizarre, but they're also uh, I think really musical. Uh, the the drumming, the rhythms, the the groove of the whole thing is just. Uh, it's inspiring, I think. <laughs> yeah, they got a lot of cool um, sonic qualities, like distorted horns and a lot of marimba hits, and like you were saying, extra percussion, which is always yeah, it's really all cool. over the place. Yeah, I um, really dig them. And that just happens to be like a really, uh, I think that's one of their more accessible tracks that uh, people can get into, regardless of. Uh, whether or not they're into weird music or not. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so what would you say um, as a as a musician were some of the first quote unquote weird bands that you got into? <clears throat> oh, I had uh... shit. I'm not supposed to do that, right? No yeah, swearing. Right. We got three per show. No. Three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Deerhoof was really one of the first, like, you know, they. I, I got Milkman when that came out in, like, 2004. Um, and that was definitely, like, a, a strange uh, thing, strange sounds. And it it, uh, it really got me to start investigating, like, uh, just how far you could push things, how, how weird you could get while still maintaining uh, some some pop influence. And pop accessibility. Sure. Um, but yeah, I got Milkman. I guess that that record in two thousand four. And uh, there's things earlier than that, though. Mm. My buddy, uh, my buddy's older brother, who like lived in his uh, lived in his parents' basement. I was like fourteen, fifteen years old. Uh, and his older brother, like at first, we were all kind of scared of him. He was like the pothead down in the basement. And uh, but he listened to great music. Uh, he gave me uh, Joe's Garage, Frank Zappa. Oh, right on. So that was definitely uh, that's some out there stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that and like Weasel Rip My Flesh are the worst Zappa records you could give <laughs> an early listener. Uh, but I loved it, and I, I'm a big Zappa fan. So he was definitely uh, uh, had a big influence on me. Yeah, that's cool. So you described that band kind of as like how weird you can make it. Is that kind of the base of your definition of experimental music, or how would you how would you define experimental music? I mean, it's a pretty broad term. You know, I think a lot of the time uh, people think experimental music, and then they and then they just assume it's going to be droning and noise, and uh, and that it's not going to be musical. Um, but I think that. For me, the most interesting thing is to is to be experimental and to push uh, 
to push those boundaries of like what is considered listenable and musical, but then still be able to rein it in and have it be accessible. And I think that's always been my goal uh, with the music I write and especially with Mother Tapes is sort of to see how far you could push the listener while still letting them uh, get into the groove of the whole thing. It's a long-standing belief of mine that I won't listen to, or I won't judge a record until I've listened to it all the way through four times. I say that all the That's time. A good rule. Um, and I read that when uh, Radiohead's Amnesiac came out. Mm-hmm. You know, I really digged uh, the Pyramid song and a couple other tracks off that, but I was... I knew it was going to take some time to warm up to, and then I, I either read or heard that, and I was like, you know, that's a great philosophy to adapt, and I think people miss out on a lot of great music by passing early judgment and not letting it sit in. Definitely. I would agree complete with, completely with that. And I think you'd, it's, it's tough these days because, you know, I'll, I'll write something off after listening to it for 30 seconds sometimes, you know? It's like I've, like, made my... Cause, you're, you're not paying for music most of the time. You're, you're hearing it. You're streaming it somewhere. Somebody's sent you some MP3s or whatever it is, and you, you hear a little bit of it, but you didn't make that commitment. You know, it's like when I, when I was 12 years old, and it's like you, you bought a CD. It's like you saved up money. You're, you're like fifteen ninety nine to go down to, <laughs> you know. What, what was around at the Empire yeah, Records? The, was, or yeah. The, CD warehouse. CD warehouse, that's what I was thinking of. In Oklahoma, we had Hastings. Yeah, Yeah. Hastings is another biggie. So you'd go and you'd spend this money on it, and you're not going to just listen to the first few tracks and be like, yeah, this sucks, and not listen to it again. You're like, I spent money on this. Because you don't want to go back to the store and return it. I'm going to make this uh, worth my while. I'm going to, yeah, make sure I get my money's worth, so... Yeah, and that's in, uh, I told you before the show, but in the second hour, um, we're going to be playing the uh, your LP from start to finish because I think that's something that is missed out of those experiences of going to the store and buying a record. Um, so I'm excited to hear your thoughts on, on how you break down the composition of a record. Um, but I wanted to move back to the PDX Spotlight playlist, and right now you can actually see pretty gritty. Uh, that's our live PDX Spotlight episode right now. We've got Adverse Effects and Arrows in Orbit coming up. Uh, but next on the playlist is a song called Cave Mouth by the band Clues. I wasn't familiar with this band. Uh, what's their story? What do they mean to you guys? Uh, this is just some old random record that I got into. It's the guy from uh, Unicorns, you know, Unicorns oh, sure. out of Montreal. Um, and he did this side project and did made this one record and I'm not, I don't remember exactly how I came to hear about it. But every time, I, every once in a while, I go back and listen to it, and I just love it. I just love the entire thing, and, and it's just kind of like every three years or so, it's like I'll go through a phase of listening to it uh, for a week or so. Yeah. And so uh, this song I just is really quite like the this. Yeah, I like is this Is it track. off a full LP or an EP? Yeah, it's a full, full, full record. Right on. Yeah, I'm glad you put this on the playlist. This is Cave Mouth by Clues. You're listening to Luke Neal and Jen M here on Sounds of PDX.
I don't know that you can get a bigger outro these days. That was Grass by Animal Collective. That's an influence of Pete Bosick from Mother Tapes. He's in studio with us tonight. Talk to us about uh, Animal Collective. They were like my favorite for a long time. I just loved everything that they did. Uh, again, that same uh, same buddy's brother gave me... Um, Spirit, they're gone. Spirit, they're vanished. Like way early Animal Collective record, which was some super weird stuff, and I just had never really heard anything like it. And I was, I just remember being really blown away by the whole like experience of the thing. It just seemed like they were having some sort of a, it just seemed like a ritual or something. It was it freaked me out. <laughs> so, I wonder how they track their music because it feels extremely like celebratory yeah and it, there's got to be 90 percent of it's live it has to be well especially on that that early stuff the recordings are garbage <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the, but but you can it feels like you're in the room and they're just uh yeah i guess uh it just feels like a ritual that's like yeah. you know, that that early that really early stuff uh and then they and then sung tongs came out and then feels and it was just it was a really just amazing transformation to get to feels, and then um, I guess Meriwether Post Pavilion after that, and all the EPs in between and everything. And I just, I just yeah. think they've they've come such a long way, and the evolution is in those first like four or five records was really amazing. They went a long way without losing their fan base. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that's the type of band they are. Yeah. I mean, if you're into that type of music, you're going to see the band through the evolution. Of course, yeah, and that's. Yeah, I lo- I've, I've just loved watching them over the years. You've, you've spoken about some of the uh, early music you were introduced to early on in your life. So what is maybe your first memory that you have with music? My dad was a really big uh, music fan. Uh, he didn't play at all, but he always had music playing. And it was everything, like, he was way into Pink Floyd, <laughs> uh, The Wall, like... He listened to the wall constantly, but then he would also listen to like George Michael and Michael Jackson and Madonna uh, and the Beatles and Led Zeppelin and Peter Gabriel and uh, you know all like the '80s hits. Like he had he had a uh, he got a jukebox in the basement, so he and he had 45, so it was like oh, all man. the hits, you know, like one-hit wonders, uh, all kinds of everything. Fleetwood Mac, like he was just way into whatever the pop hits were. So we grew up uh, listening to all kinds of stuff. Hmm. Um, so all that music is sort of burned into my brain uh, <laughs> pretty thoroughly. Yeah. Do you have other musicians in your family? You said your dad didn't really play. Um, not really. Um, my older sister played piano, uh, but never, never really like took off with it. Uh, my grandma played piano. I remember that really young. Um, but yeah, no no real uh, lifelong musicians. Uh, what in, was your first instrument then? I played piano when I was, uh, I think I started when I was like six, seven. Uh, and I hated it just because I was, you know, Mrs. Tutelian. She was this Austrian lady and we would go to her like weird scary apartment and sit there and I never practiced 
and she would just be so mad at me about it. And uh, how many Afghans like the, on the couch? Yeah, it was just like the classic, like mean piano teacher story. You know, she wasn't smacking my fingers with a ruler or anything, but pretty almost. You know, and I would actually write music instead of instead of playing what I had been told to like learn, like learning how to read music or or play the song that I had been assigned for the week. I would come and like have some cute little seven, eight year old ditty that I had come up with and. And she would get mad at me about it. That's really cool. <laughs> I'm glad you followed your uh, your intuition, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I uh, wish, wish you'd had, perhaps uh, it wouldn't have impacted you, but if you'd had a, a teacher who had encouraged that and had you bring in new stuff all the time, like you'd probably... Yeah, it's interesting to think about where that may have gone. Yeah. I yeah. taught guitar for a long time, and so I always really sort of just went with whatever the student wanted to lean towards you know if they wanted to do their own thing then i'd let them do their own thing because me forcing them to do something and their parents certainly weren't forcing them to do anything (laughs) (laughs) plus i can i'm sure you could see echoes of your old self yeah of of course yeah of course that's right i I mean it is definitely there's a regret of mine that i didn't like i can i can very laboriously like read music but uh it would have been nice if i had done as I was told and just <laughs> learned some theory work shed it <laughs> yeah. a little bit and, and you know made it happen but whatever I'm 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 happy with the path you followed <laughs> you're creating great music uh one of the influences you all had on your play or not on your playlist on the uh, website was maps and atlases you yeah. listed a, a similarity to them how do you see that similarity or, or where do you draw um influences from them particularly um well, they've they've kind of taken like a similar path, I think, uh, as mine with like so. Tommy and I, who are Mother Tapes now, we're in a band called Wax Fingers uh, before that, and um, we were like all over the place. But in the beginning, we were like a math post rock band, and our first EP was like really mathy, really post rock, like very few lyrics, long songs, and. Um, Maps and Atlas's first uh, first record is just total like spazzy guitar tapping math rock like wow uh, and and then they released that EP of like somewhere in between uh, mathy pop songs and then they did Perch Patchwork which is a, a I think their best record and that's got more of an influence more of an emphasis on songwriting there but still with that that math rock proggy backbone and Mm -hmm. um and that's kind of what i've attempted to do is like take a lot of that that math rock influence don caballero battles things like that that sonic those sonic qualities and then combine them with something like the texture and melodies and uh depth of a band like animal collective uh sort of mesh those two and create something that uh sort of bridges that gap. And I think Maps and Atlases have done something similar. Yeah, that surprises me to hear that they were so math rocky back in the day because this is, um, you know, a little indie sonically. It sounds pretty indie, uh, early 2000s. This is a really great track. Another selection, this is You and Me and the Mountain by Maps and Atlases. Stick around in this hour. We're going to tell you how you can get two free passes to the guest list at tomorrow night's Dan Cable Presents show with Small Million. Stick around. I'm Luke Neal. You're listening to Portland Radio Project. 
God's in Heat by Tobacco. That is a seriously great song. I just love the lush synth. Yeah, and the huge. old school synth. It's all that '80s uh, influence. Good stuff that's coming back right now. Um, yeah, so we are talking about Pete's influences, Pete from Mother Tapes, uh, because in the second hour we're going to be playing their entire LP, the self-titled LP. Um, but yeah, we've been digging into some of your history and talking about some of your influences. But uh, we're going to shift gears now. I'm going to have Jen shift, I guess, the focus away from where you were as a kid and where you are now. Are you talking about what are some of your favorite live performances, both that you have seen and have performed? I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on both. Uh, live perf- that I've seen live performances? Yeah. Uh, well, I was just at uh, 
the Radiohead show <laughs> at uh, the Rose Garden. So that's definitely up there. Was that your first time seeing them? I saw them accidentally. Uh, a family friend when I was like, uh, I don't know, 15 years old. A uh, family friend had like bought the daughter tickets to see Alanis Morissette. Uh, and all the kids went. And so I go to see Alanis Morissette and uh, Radiohead opened for her <laughs> in uh, it was 1996 oh okay so they were on the Benz tour they were on the Benz tour yeah and I had I had actually I had recently uh bought that album I was obsessed with that song just oh yeah and uh so that was pretty exciting but I hadn't seen him in 21 years <laughs> wow uh and you know you whatever they hardly ever come around um and they're a different band yeah. From that tour. A completely different band. So, yeah, I mean, and I've been a fan the whole time, and uh, that it was it was really awesome. That was an incredible show. Um, you know, what about some of uh, your favorite venues or, or shows that Mother Tapes has uh, performed in? Um, the uh, playing at Mississippi Studios, we played for uh, uh, Mascara's... Uh, fake last show because Poppy was going over to Germany uh, the drummer was leaving and so they uh, they were calling it their last show for the foreseeable future and so it was the sold out Mississippi Studios show and uh, we played to that uh, huge excited crowd yeah it's a great room and it's just an amazing yeah that's the best stage in town I think as far as uh, you know 300 person venues go yeah um, we're playing. Uh, we're playing. I think we're supposed to be playing Ron Tom's uh, coming up in July, um, and that's always a blast. Those Sunday night shows on the outdoor patio in the summertime. It doesn't get a whole lot better than that. Yeah, it's a great vibe out there. Yeah. Um, so as you're approaching this project, you said earlier that you've been in in other bands. So as a songwriter, how does it shift from taking music into a band? And then just taking music into a duo project. Like, how, how does that process work? Um, well, it either happens really easily or it's a really big pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes it's just like uh, the songs just kind of fall out and, you know, you take a, take a simple idea and it writes itself and Tommy will throw down a beat and it's like it you know right where it wants to go. Uh, and then other times uh, you go in with with the skeleton of the parts written, the melodies written, and something just doesn't fit. And so we'll work on it for a while, and then I'll take it back to and work on it alone for a little bit longer and try and figure out what's not landing about it. But the beat definitely, like whatever beat Tommy comes up with, that uh, definitely sort of dictates a lot of the direction that the song will take. So um, it's sometimes I think it's going to be something and then we hear some sort of a beat there and then we want it to be something else then. And it's like, oh, well, this, this other part's not going to work now that, we're, that this is the thing. Mm -hmm. And then it's a new thing. you got to explore what that new thing is. Um, Maybe have leftover songs out of those production moves. Oh, yeah. we got We got lots of leftover songs and... 
And, you know, a lot of the time, it's like I always, sometimes I feel like if you work too hard on a song, like you're sort of ruining it. Uh, it's at least in the process, it's, it sometimes feels that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the best song, I feel like some of the songs that I'm most proud of that I've written, and there's a couple on this new record that we, or the record that we're working on that, that really took a long time to figure out. And I think that's some of the best stuff that we've done. So um, it's always nice to stick it out through the uh, struggle of it and then actually have it pay off and yeah, be worth it. I want you to elaborate on that. So for younger songwriters who may be listening, when do you think you should draw the line? Maybe from, okay, this is my song, but I have to look at it as a producer. I either need to cut and drop this thing or there's something there that's speaking to me and I got to work this out. Uh, that's a tough question. I think it's really like if you still, if there's still something about it that you like, then, but you got to be honest with yourself because it's, it's hard to, it's hard. Sometimes you think that you like it just because you're so attached to it. Uh, so you gotta, you gotta like step back and be like, do I actually like what's going on here or not? And I think if you, if you can honestly tell yourself that you still like something about it, then uh, you owe it to yourself to keep plugging away at it. And fresh ears is the keys, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, step course. away from it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe for years at a time. I've had songs circle back around that are mm-hmm. a decade old now. It's scary to think of. Uh, so let's talk about um, a different kind of project. Um, we are looking at Salt Lake Heart from PBT um, next on the playlist. Who is this band? Where are they from? I was totally unfamiliar with them. I was very unfamiliar. I didn't know about them either until a few months ago. Uh, a fan of ours, actually, who uh, comes to a lot of our shows, uh, texted me and just told me this new record was cool. And he'd been into this band for a long time. And he said the new record's really awesome and I should check, check it out. And, uh, and he's right. It's some very cool stuff and uh, just some interesting songwriting and some different sort of influences uh, that I've, than what I've heard uh, recently. They're from Australia. Okay. I don't nice. know. I don't know a whole lot about them, though. Right They've on. been around a long time, I think. Um, I really like this track, though. Yeah, it's really great. If you hadn't heard it before, definitely dig into this one. Uh, if you're listening to us on the web right now or on a mobile device, hit us up on the talk board. Say hello to myself, Jen M., or Pete Bosick from Mother Tapes. He's going to be with us until 9 p.m. Do you know if Ben and Carol will be with us until 9 p.m.? I believe so. I believe so. If y'all are there, say what's up. Uh, We're having a good time tonight with Mother Tapes on Sounds of PDX. Stick around.
That is Scissor by Liars here on Portland Radio Project. Pete was just giving us the rundown. Tell us exactly what you were just telling us about this band. You said they've run the gamut of, of uh, Sonic Adventures, I guess. Yeah, they started out uh, their first record uh, someone gave me in the early 2000s. Uh, they threw us in a trench and put a monument on, our, on top, I think it's called. And they and it's just a, it's a post-punk, like, thrashy... Uh, grimy record and it's awesome and then they've gone went on they've got a ton of ton of records but they've come from that into what we just heard and then uh, their last couple of records have been just completely electronic um, one of them was really low key like chill electronic music great awesome record and then the last one uh, I don't even know what you'd call it it's like what a nice compliment. Super dirty uh, dance music. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but it's it's still just, I just like seeing them do something different. Like, And did you say you'd seen them live? Uh, I did. I saw them uh, at uh, Star Theater. Oh, right on. Yeah, it was an awesome show. Yeah. We uh, have a couple shout outs on the talk board. Carol says, what's up, Luke and Jen? I'm enjoying the tunes. Uh, we also have another user says, Pete, this is your little sister listening from Chicago. Love you and loving the playlist. She did, <laughs> she did log in, so if you want to give your sister a shout-out. Nice. What's her name? Maddie. Maddie, thanks for listening so much. Did we just get another one, Jen? I believe it's Maddie, maybe. It says, right now, getting inside the mind of musical genius Pete from Mother Tapes <laughs> Band on PDX Radio Project. Right on. Well, yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the shout-outs. Uh, we, we, that's what we do here at Portland Radio Project. We say we play local artists every 15 minutes, but it's actually more than that. If you're listening to the sounds of PDX or Fresh Spins with Jen M. And right now, we want to give a shout-out to Vortex Music Magazine. Uh, and a big thanks to Chris Young. He was here earlier tonight dropping off some... Uh, the fresh new copies. The fresh new copies of Vortex. Make sure to pick those up uh, in your area at our trusted distributors. And uh, here's a little... little uh, something from Jen and Vortex. Support comes from listeners like you and from Vortex Music Magazine, helping the Portland music scene tell its own story, both in print and online. You can find free issues of Vortex in stores or read about the local music scene online at vrtxmag.com. We have another Dan Cable curated show coming up, and that's tomorrow night at 8 p.m. at Kelly's Olympian. We'll be featuring the very, very cool band Small Million, and a couple I hadn't heard of, There Is No Mountain and Maxwell Cabana. Definitely going to have to check them out. Dan always finds the most excellent bands for his shows. And our friends at Goldfoot we had on our last show a couple yeah, of weeks yeah. ago are having their single release show at the Goodfoot Pub and Lounge. That's Thursday, April 27th at 9 p.m. And then Neem, who's also been on the, sh the show, is with Jack Mortensen at Analog Cafe. That's at 6.30 on Friday night, April 28th. And then Kaya on the Mountain will be at Laurel Thirst from noon to 2 p.m. And that's on Saturday, the 29th. Yeah, they're doing a midday show, and that brings up a topic I wanted to talk to Pete about. Uh, we have T Pete Bosick from Mother Tapes with us, and we were talking about 
There's an article that's circulating right now in our echo chamber online about saving a local music scene by starting shows early. So I thought it was applicable to put that Kai on the Mountain shout out um, for Saturday from 12 to 2. Not all shows have to start that early, but what are your thoughts on that? (laughs) Uh, I would just love it if, you know, on a Wednesday night, there wasn't a band starting at 11 o'clock. Right. Like, no one wants to stay out that late on a Wednesday night, (laughs) especially in this town. Like, everyone's just... It's just the way it goes. People barely stay out that late on the weekend, you know? And so it just really, at least like 8 o'clock. Can't we just start at 8 o'clock? Sure. Bump it up an hour. I don't know why. And well, and then they say, yeah, they say 9 o'clock, but then that usually means 9.30. They're on Portland time. It's a tough situation because then you got to like rework everyone's brain about it. So there's going to be like this this uh, transition period where everyone's going to miss the first band for a while. So you got to be willing to uh, make that sacrifice yeah. for the greater good. Yeah, I think just re- retrain the audience. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Jen mentioned it at the top of the Vortex segment here about Dan Cable Presents. We could actually, uh, let's do the giveaway for those guest passes for Dan's show tomorrow night at uh, Kelly's Olympian with uh, Small Million, There Is No Mountain, and uh, Maxwell Cabana. I would really like to encourage no one to text in uh, so I can text in. <laughs> Um, I'm very, very excited about this show. And our text to win short code is 27299. So if you're driving, pull over, get your cell phone out, 27299, and you're going to text the word cable, C-A-B-L-E, to win those passes to see Small Million, There Is No Mountain, and Maxwell Cabana at Kelly's Olympian tomorrow night. And Dan must have been... uh Paying attention to Pete's vibes because this show is starting at 8 p.m. Uh, so that's I'm I'm what encouraged you know? by that. Yeah, speak of the devil, they're they're doing good things. So yeah, thanks again to Dan for those passes for tomorrow night's show. Uh, again, the keyword is cable, C-A-B-L-E, and you can text that to 27299. And we're going to tell you how in the second hour you can win an autographed copy of the self-titled Mother Tapes vinyl uh, from Pete and Tommy. But before we do that, I think one of those central themes of tonight, we're talking about evolution of bands. It's kind of come up about bands changing these sonic qualities. And one that really surprised me last year was one you put on the list, and it's uh, Bonnie Veer's new work. His 2016 release surprised a lot of people because he yeah, went pretty heavily electronic compared to uh, the previous release. I think it was 2013. He still maintained a lot of those acoustic elements. Sure. Uh, I hadn't been like a huge fan of his earlier stuff. It was fine, like pretty music. Uh, but man, I loved that uh, that last record. I thought there was some awesome stuff on there. Yeah, especially this uh, track. Um, it's called 715 Creeks, but uh, you, you'll have to see it for yourself. It's spelled really cool. But everyone refers to this as Creeks. And the first time I heard it, it for obvious reasons, reminded me of uh, Image and Heaps. Mm-hmm. early solo work and uh, this was the first song I heard rolled out and it's just a really cool single um, and you guys do some really cool vocal treatments like this as well is it uh, my, my voice without uh, those vocal treatments isn't much to listen to so uh, <laughs> I do my best to turn it into an instrument you know I dig it and we're gonna get a whole hour to listen to that uh, coming up but right now we've got Bonnevere and race in uh, here on sounds of PDX down along the creek I remember something Heard the heron hurried away When first I breached that last 
Portland Radio Project is a nonprofit independent radio station where we play a local artist every 15 minutes. We would like to thank our supporters who share our passion for local music and the community. Portland Center Stage. PCS inspires our communities by bringing stories to life in unexpected ways. Bill R. McCracken. Accounting, tax, and financial services. Premier Motorsports of Vancouver. Special thanks to Rick Johnson and his staff. Special thanks to all of our supporters that make it possible for us to do what we do here on Portland Radio Project. If you go to the website, you can see how you can support local independent radio so we can do cool things like this. We've got Pete from Mother Tapes in studio with us. We've been listening to a lot of his influences, and we've got uh, the full LP from Mother Tapes coming up here in this hour. But before we do that, we're going to be playing a St. Vincent track, and uh, I really dig her tones and her songwriting and... Uh, just how many times she's been featured in Guitar Magazine, and rightly so. Um, with that premise, I want to talk to you about your live setup. Yeah. What instruments are you playing, and what's the double duty like between you and Tommy? Um, so the live setup is uh, I've got a bass up on a stand, I got my guitar, I got a synth, and then I got a whole pedal board thing in my computer, and my computer that I'm sort of controlling uh, the computer is the looper. It's the synths. It's uh, Tommy's got a drum sample pad as well as a synth, and everything uh, is going into like an audio interface and then getting routed through the computer and uh, coming out of that audio interface. Uh, and so it's uh, using Ableton Live. It allows me to sort of custom make a whole uh, a, like a custom looping setup for every song. Um, and then you're not really tied to like the standard uh, limitations of a hardware looper. Hmm, I see. And so we're actually able to make, uh, I'm able to, you know, make choruses, make bridges, make time signature changes, make key changes and have it not be a problem the way it often is on like if you've got... Like an Alesis. Yeah, looper. Any mm -hmm. sort of a hardware looper thing on the floor where it's like you got however many inputs and however many outputs and you got to figure out creative ways to work inside of that, uh, those limitations. Whereas the computer, on, on uh, you know, I can set up as many loopers as I want. I can start and stop them however I want to. I can, you know, make starting one trigger the stopping of two other ones and then at the end of stopping that one start three other ones so that Tommy's synth part loops while my bass part loops and then it stops and picks up my guitar loop on top of it and then uh, try and sing while I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's being said that the modern folk instrument is the laptop. Yeah. And you guys are composers. Your, your orchestra is in the laptop and I would, you know, challenge anyone to dig into the Ableton projects that you're working with and try to comprehend it <laughs> you know like it really is like you described a, a composition that you put together beforehand but with that does it allow you live to do different versions of the recorded tracks yeah because we're able to uh we're able to hang for as long as we want like nothing moves forward until it's not like i'm locked into like a backing track situation uh you know there are some limitations where it's like you're not going to be just going to be able to completely improv stuff. But um, there are parts where we do improv and you plan on that improv and then you're able to uh, set up the triggers inside of the computer uh, and the foot pedal uh, situation so that I'm able to 
sort of move that improv section along in a free-flowing way and then have it all come back together as needed at the end, you know? Uh, and that's all just controlled by me advancing to the next uh, next group of of uh, of triggers in Ableton. And I just do that with my feet. It's a huge benefit you have because in that genre, like you said, a lot of times people get locked in if they have pre-programmed samples or whatever that they're doing. Like in those moments live where you can just hang out in that vibe and the audience is with you and you know when to go back in as the artist, like, mm -hmm. again, that can get lost in some electronic projects these days. That's quite the amazing setup. Uh, when if you haven't seen St. Vincent live, her guitar rig is, is quite nuts. I think you can go on YouTube and see what she's doing. Uh, we're going to be playing the song Morrow. Uh, but before we do that, I do want to say uh, we said Mad Irish wrong. Uh, that was her Twitter account. She's the one that said... Uh, She's listening to the genius of Pete from other tapes. And we had another uh, shout-out from somebody called Silly Brute. He says, my friend, Pete makes great music with mother tapes, and you should listen with me now on PDX Radio Project. So thanks for the shout-outs. Pete, could I go back? Just, yeah. just rewind just a bit to what you just said. You said you do that all with your feet. <laughs> Is that something you had to practice, too, like playing your instrument and learning how to what you need to do with your feet yeah, to get triggered, these looping effects? Yeah, trigger different things and... Uh, do everything on time. Uh, yeah, but that's been, I guess, you know, I've been playing with, like, guitar effect pedals for a long enough time before getting to this point that it wasn't like, it wasn't like a total learning curve, like starting starting something from scratch. Um, but looping, uh, yeah, looping definitely takes a little bit of uh, getting used to. Um, but you know, you can once you get everything locked into the grid, like it's pretty. Uh, it's as long as you've got the everything set up the way that it needs to be, and you're uh, triggering things correctly and have everything in Ableton set up the way that it should be. Um, it's a lot easier than it seems. So preparation ahead of time is preparation key. is key. <laughs> and you do. I'm assuming most of your songwriting in that same software. Uh, yeah, I mean, it starts out usually, though. I actually have just, like, a separate looping pedal that I use just for getting ideas out and switching between stuff, just a really simple looper that uh, to mess around with ideas. Um, and I don't really dig into making the whole Ableton session uh, until we have a pretty decent idea of where we want it to go uh, and what, yeah, what the skeleton of the song is going to be. Yeah. Nice. Again, another way not to be tied down by the project itself. Mm -hmm. Really smart. Uh, we're listening to the genius of Pete per the talk board. He's with <laughs> us. He is from mother tapes. Uh, I am Luke Neal here with Jen M and this is St. Vincent here on Portland radio project. Oh, uh -huh. 
listening to Portland Radio Project and this is Sounds of PDX. This week we have Pete Bosick from Mother Tapes in studio with us and now we have the time of the show where we are going to dig into the LP Jump In Head First and uh, I kind of left the the playlist as it was from the EP or the LP rather because I wanted to I don't know pay homage to the, the arrangement you guys put together. Do you uh, have a special philosophy you use when you're putting an order of tracks on your albums that you release? Um, You know, you just got to kind of feel it out. We, these were all, this was like the first songs that we had written with this new sort of writing style. The first time that we were, that we were working with Ableton as the, you know, the backbone of, of all the songs um, and so it was really like sort of a lot of it was just like experimenting with like, what can we do with this? And, um, so these were like the, you know, I don't know, there's probably two or three songs that didn't make the record, but it was like, these were like the first, we wrote 12 songs and put nine of them on this thing. It was like, that was just the first stuff that we came up with. And, um, you know, I think you can hear that maybe a little bit but but we also so you know at, after we got all these songs done it was sort of clear that there were two groups of tracks and conveniently it worked out to be side a and side b on the on the record and uh everything was the right length and everything so it worked out well that's great um but yeah it's got you know the f- the first side is kind of peppy and exuberant and lively and then the second half is more electronic, darker, uh, yeah, just a darker vibe to it. And so, uh, I really just think of it sort of almost like two sort of completely separate ideas. Hmm, that's brilliant. Yeah, I can, I can hear that now. Um, so since we're going to be playing the first track, uh, it's number one on the record, uh, don't make me say, and it is a single that I heard first, but I hadn't seen the video until last week. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Tell me about the video. I'm going to put the link here on the talk board. What inspired this? Uh, 
I don't know. I'll have you describe it. There's a lot of. We had to. Uh, I wanted to do a hair growth video, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's. I had like a decent amount of hair going, and then I decided to keep it going and. Uh, making the whole thing happen took long enough that by the time we actually shot, I had a very uh, full head and face <laughs> full of hair. So we had a lot to work with, and we shot the whole thing in two days. And we wanted to have, as the hair growth was happening, we wanted to have something else disappearing. So as so there was this uh, nice balance contrast between the two things. Uh, and originally we were talking about eating contests and then we decided to just keep it simple and have it be an eating contest for one. And it's sort of the, uh, just a metaphor for the, the struggle. Is that why you chose hot dogs then eating contest? Yeah. And hot dogs are the worst, you know, they're so <laughs> gross and just so American and so stupid. Especially like, when you're pounding that many. Oh God. I didn't actually swallow any, I don't think. There's a trash can next to me. It's a five-gallon bucket. <laughs> you got to be wasteful sometimes to make art. That's true. And, and it's uh, uh, it was well worth it. <laughs> it is a cool video. I just put the link on the talk board. So go to prp.fm and be sure to, to save this link and check it out later because you can hear the track now. We are diving into the uh, is a debut LP from Mother Tapes. It is self-titled. This is Don't Make Me Say here on Sounds of PDX. Or Do Make Me Say. Do Make Say. Do Make Say. Yeah. My bad. Jeez. All good. I'm all over the place, Pete. <laughs> we'll be back.
The track is Carrot Stick. The band is Mother Tapes. And we've got Pete from Mother Tapes in studio with us. We've been enjoying the uh, beginning of the self-titled LP that came out in, uh, was October of 2015. And man, like you said, you can't get a bigger outro <laughs> than that song. Yeah, we, were, we were talking about big outros. That's, uh, yeah. I had a producer a say the once, top. the Star Search outros, you know, oh, the big yeah. booms. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was fantastic, man. Uh, <laughs> if you want to win an autographed vinyl copy of this LP, I'm going to have you text the keyword biz, B-I-Z, to 27299. That's going to get you an autographed copy. We'll get your name and address and have Pete and Tommy sign this and get it over to you. Um, so we've been listening to the record, and it's phenomenal. I've been raving about it for quite some time. I want to hear the credits on it. Where'd you guys record this? Um, who were your producers or anyone else involved? Uh, we did it all ourselves. It's all uh, recorded drums in my living room. And, um, you know, I've been working my whole life to... Uh, I, I don't know. Get to the point where I can be happy with the recording that I make, and I feel like this one finally, like I, I'm, I'm feel pretty good about. Dude, I'm blown away. I don't know whether to be impressed or not like you because of how, how tough that is to pull off. Like, I'm extremely jealous that that's a home recording. That's yeah, quite the revelation. All, um, yeah, I mean, I gotta, you know, I, I have. Well, I don't have that much stuff. I have <laughs> some decent, decent gear. Good toys. Yeah. Decent room set up for for mixing. Uh, the room, like I've got got all the walls and everything doctored up pretty good and got it sounding pretty good. And um, But I mean, hell, more than that, it's just, I've just worked at it for a long time and made a lot of really bad sounding recordings first. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone master these for you? Uh, yeah, Adam Gonzalves at Telegraph Mastering. Okay, cool. He uh, he rocks. So if you need mastering done, go to him. His his uh, his studio down in Woodstock is awesome. Yeah, his name is out there quite a bit. It's one of the best in Portland for yeah, sure. He's 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 a good guy too. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm blown away that this is all home recording. So do you have like you just baffle a microphone in your living room or how yeah, do you I get mean, your vocals? Can, That's uh, yeah, vocals just set up uh, set up in like my studio room. Uh, a little bit of uh, sound dampening stuff around to keep it under control, but mostly pretty straightforward and simple. The drums are the hardest part, you know. It's yeah. we got a kind of like nice, big, weird shaped uh, living room that helps to uh, disperse the sound in a nice way that we can get a pretty good uh, pretty good drum sound in that room. Is and Tommy playing to a click? Um, after yeah. you've arranged the songs, yeah, he'll have a click going, and I'll I'll make like uh, like scratch tracks that has the whole song sort of uh, laid out. I don't have like everything in there. Scratch vocal track, and because uh, I like to do uh, at least like lead guitar parts and vocal stuff after all those drums are in there, so you can sort of play off of of that. Um, <laughs> so he's he's doing his best with you know. Half-assed recordings. Yeah. <laughs> Jen, what are your first impressions of the Mother Tapes LP? Well. Other than the stuff I forced you to listen to already <laughs> for months. <laughs> the the uh, big endings thing is a little 
jarring for a sensitive person such as myself. So <laughs> it's like being, you know, lulled, rocked to sleep, like, oh, you're safe here, Jen. Everything's safe. And then stuff gets crazy. Yeah. Uh, St. Vincent, I feel like, does the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as long as I'm prepared for it and I figure out, okay, this is kind of band, this is the vibe they're going for, mm-hmm. then like, no, oh, this stuff totally rocks. Yeah. I just have to prepare myself emotionally because I'm a delicate flower. (laughs) Well, this is a roller coaster. We're moving on in the LP. This is not all so much like. Is that the correct title? Not at all so much like. like, Where's the inspiration from this song come from? I was really interested. It's a short piece, but it's really cool. Um, I just wrote wrote it on an acoustic guitar. Hmm. And... um, I used to do a lot more of that, and I've actually been sort of revisiting that recently, coming up with ideas on just completely unaffected, like an like an electric guitar not plugged in or an acoustic guitar. Um, and so this was just like a really cool, I thought it was a cool chord progression, and, uh, and then we decided to sort of electronify it a little bit and uh, turn it into a Mother Tape song. It's a nice little... Um it's a great track placement after, like Jen was saying, all those huge songs with big outros. This is perfectly placed on the record. Big intro, and then and then we and then we chill out. Yeah, okay. it's really great. You will appreciate this one, Jen. You. Yeah, forewarning. <laughs> buckle up. Some more mother tapes here on Portland Radio Project.
That's Beta Bank by Mother Tapes here on Portland Radio Project. You're listening to Sounds of PDX with Luke Neal and Jen M. Pete, we were wondering, uh, there are up-and-comers, talented young musicians and people who are kind of getting into the game. What advice would you give them, uh, people who want to do what you do? <laughs> I think, I think no I, pressure. Yeah, I, I think I need some advice <laughs> how, to, uh, how to make it all work. Um, hell, I think just uh, you got to just keep doing it. Um, and it's hard to keep doing it. And, uh, you know, it's not like I've, like, achieved some high level of success or anything like that. But uh, in spite of that, I'm just going to keep on making music, regardless of whether or not, like, you get where you think you're supposed to get to or, you know, get recognized like you think you deserve to be or whatever it is that, like... I think it's I think it's important to adjust your motivations or or identify what your real real motivation is, hmm. uh, and if it's to become famous, uh, you should <laughs> quit. You're the wrong <laughs> kid. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, you should go reevaluate. Do you think there's a danger in some younger artists trying to chase or capture? A, a modern day sound, just trying to to reproduce that, to do exactly that, make it on the radio at the time. Uh, to, to like, just, hey, this sounds cool right now. I want to make I a single that, that sounds like that. Oh yeah, I mean that's that happens. It just always happens. It's, it's it's too bad. I mean, I think it's happening with the like lo-fi throwback thing right now. There's lots of and there's lots of. I love a lot of that music, but then it's just like all of a sudden. Everything sounds like that. Everything's got that, you know, lo-fi uh, 80s throwback synth pop. I don't even know what you call it. I've never, I've never been good with compartmentalizing into all the genres. Like yeah. all of a sudden, things all just start sounding a certain way, and and it was very cool when it was first happening. And there's always those people who do it really well, but then when it starts just being sort of regurgitated, it. it uh, it's too bad. So mm. I say try and I say try and find, take take whatever you like, and then try and find something new with that sound. It's good advice. Right uh, on. I I'm a big believer in that. I always think you should be looking for the newest sound, something that challenges your ears. And um, I know I've been praising you all evening, but that's what I immediately dug about your record: is it was listenable, and you have a ton of great hooks. But it, I'm still finding things new as I listen to it now. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, it's a lot to, lot to dig up. Um, we've got two more tracks off of the record. We're going to play War Song right now and then come back. We will say our goodbyes and, and uh, let you off the hook, and then we'll end the evening with 12 Step by Mother Tapes. Stick around. We've got two more songs here on Portland Radio Project.
War Song by Mother Tapes here on Portland Radio Project. We have been enjoying the entire self-titled LP all the second hour and, of course, enjoying Pete's company all night long and the influences you brought in. And I uh, want to say thanks again for offering up the, the vinyl. You can still text to win that. You're going to text the word biz to 27299. Um, it's unfortunately near the end of the evening and we have to say goodbye. Mm. Any parting words for us, Chen, before we uh, let Pete give some shout-outs? Oh, what is that little ditty? It's in my head. You know, now's the time we say goodbye. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, and I want to say oh. to Jed and all his friends, but I think that's wrong. <laughs> the Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> and if Jed has been here all night, you should have told us because you've got an imaginary friend. Um, yeah, it's been cool. I've I've loved learning the behind the behind the scenes stuff uh, with the record. Being a home recording was a massive revelation for me. <laughs> Like, I love you guys, and now my respect is, like, way up here. Now I'm like, ah, oh, this is crazy. I appreciate that. Yeah, of glad, course. Glad it uh, lands the way it's supposed to. Yeah, definitely. Thanks a lot for having me, man. I of appreciate course. it. Yeah. I want to uh, give uh, Tommy a shout-out, too. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where he is. Hey, he's around. He's around somewhere. Yeah. He... I, uh, yeah, I, my songs wouldn't be, uh, be a whole lot without his contribution. Any other uh, shout-outs or hellos you'd like to say? You've what had about a- to Lucy? I mean, Lucy got on the computer, typed yeah, in Lucy's that she's loving the French jams. <laughs> Figured out how to, uh, yeah, make that work. Made an account. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, and that's your dog, right? That's my dog, yeah. Lucy, she's a very good girl, very smart girl. Uh, she I loves your fresh jams. She loves my fresh jams, which is more than... You can ask from your canine companion. That's right. That's the sounds of PDX first. I don't know that we've ever had a canine on the talk board. Yeah, so I, I think that is a congratulations. First. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Lucy. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Lucy. Uh, and again, thanks to you, Pete. Um, really love what you guys do. Um, I know you don't have any solidified dates right now, but you will have shows this summer. And you said you're working on some new recordings, so definitely keep us posted so we can get that out there for you. For sure. Alrighty. Until next time, I am Luke Neal, and I'm Jen M. You've been enjoying Sounds PDX on Portland Radio Project. This is 12 Step by Mother Tapes. I will see you next week.